0: Uh, talk today, uh, the the second part of Advent expectation is faith. And so we're going to talk this morning about faith, and we're going to start in Romans chapter 10, and uh, then we will end up in Matthew chapter uh, 1 and 2, and also Luke chapter 1. But we're going to start in Romans chapter 10, because God has called every one of us to share the testimony of, of Jesus. If you believe that, shout amen. He's called you to share the testimony of Jesus. And so in verse 1, uh, wanna, I want to I want to give some honor to the word of the Lord and so let's let's read a lengthier portion than what we normally read. Romans 10 and verse 1 says, "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved." For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Hallelujah. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith, there it is, of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Isn't that a great, that's a powerful portion of scripture. Uh, uh, For it is with the heart that one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to go on here in just a moment, but I got to stop. This was a great day in my life. When I was 13 years old and I called on the name of the Lord and I was saved and you're remembering that moment when you first called on the name of the Lord you confessed the Lord Jesus with your mouth you believed in your heart uh, by faith unto righteousness and God touched your life and and you were never the same and this is unique in Paul's situation and in his circumstance because he's preaching to Jews uh, and he's also preaching to Gentiles. He's preaching to Jews who who, who you know kind of view themselves as religious and and, and have a have a uh, corner on God that the Gentiles could not enjoy but Paul preaches and he says there's no distinction there is no difference between Jew and Gentile we all come to Christ the exact same way oh praise God and so uh, the, in, in our culture uh, we we don't have that distinction so much between Jew and Gentile but we have social classes and we have uh, we have political groups constantly trying to break us up into different groups of this and different groups of of that. And and I declare that it does not matter if you are rich or poor. It does not matter what color your skin is. It does not matter any of it. We all come to Christ the exact same way. Hallelujah. We confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth. We believe in our heart for every single person that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that, friends, is good news. And it goes on. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Hallelujah. But they have not all all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so, Lord, we just humble ourselves before your simple word this morning. God, the word this morning is is not going to be deep. It's going to be simple truth and simple application. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would cause us to hear your voice and let faith arise in Jesus name amen amen look at your feet wonder here wonder who in here has the biggest feet we got a size 15 in the in the sound booth anybody bigger than size 15 ah <laughs> uh. The gospel, the Bible says that your feet. Though that, though you you, I, I got to tell a story about my feet. For the first time in our marriage, last week, Cami rubbed my feet. It lasted 20 seconds. But she did it. You can delete that out of the. This verse on faith has been a verse that uh, Pentecostal believers have rightly used. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But I believe that the context for it is absolutely imperative. The context for this verse, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, is in the context of evangelism. In the context of you sharing what God has done for you with somebody else. Because we look at the world and we say, why do you act like that? And we forget we used to act like that. We, we forget two things. One, we used to act like that. And the second thing we forget is they act like that because they have never given their lives to Jesus. And when you haven't given your life to Jesus, may I remind you that the only tools that you have to guide you in this world, the only tools that you have are your own thinking, maybe the thinking of the people in your life. You basically go with the flow. You go with the crowd. And you're not following Jesus. And, and people, until they hear the, the message of the gospel, cannot believe. And that's what Paul is saying. That's why it's imperative, Paul was saying, that we go, that we share the good news of Jesus. He uses the term preach, and that can be intimidating, but it really means to share. This is not something that just Paul and and pastors do. This is a commandment for every single one of us in Jesus' name to share the gospel. Now, um, have you ever been intimidated in sharing the gospel? Raise your hand. If you've ever been intimidated sharing the gospel, look at the hands up all over. I, I uh, want to remind you this morning that there is something that is spiritual that is taking place when you are sharing your faith. Okay? Because what is happening is you're, you're just sharing your story You know, uh, when I was 13, this happened to me. You're just talking about your story and about how God has saved you and about how he has touched you. You might be fumbling over your words. You might be wondering what is happening, but but, but there is a spiritual thing that is being released. They're hearing your words mouth to ear. They're listening to what you say. They might have questions, but there is a spiritual thing that is happening because under the surface, while you are telling them your testimony, God is stirring in their heart, and he is producing something called faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you say, well, this person hasn't had faith to believe yet, and the reason is, is because they have not been presented with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. When you're presented with the gospel message of Jesus Christ, God speaks to you and faith rises up in your heart. Amen? And so you can be assured, you might not have all the right words to say. You might be wondering, should I even be sharing this? But you can, you can be assured that. God is working behind the scenes in the heart of that individual that you are communicating to, and that's powerful. Praise God. Praise God. And so in that moment, you're sharing Jesus, and God is causing faith to rise up inside of a person's heart, the same that he did for you, and that's pretty awesome. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This also applies not just to new believers and not just in the context of evangelism, but it applies to you and me. And the word the, the word, uh, word here, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word is the word rhema. And that word means the now word of God. I'm just uh, giving some, some basic teaching here. It means the word of God that is applicable to your situation right now and you hear the word of the Lord for your situation right now, and what does it do? It causes faith to rise up. If you will respond to what God is saying, then faith will rise up, and you will be able to latch on to it. Hallelujah. When other people give their testimony, uh, we we had we had uh, last Sunday night, we had baptisms in in uh, Petersburg, and they were really awesome. We baptized two, um, and uh, and and also in addition to the two baptisms, Tracy stood up and Tracy shared her story. And uh, I, now she has an incredible past. Um, it's kind of mind-boggling, actually, and and so she could have taken the whole evening to tell her long. Uh, version, but I told her I want you to share the five-minute version of your testimony, and she had it all written out and she was prepared and uh, she was nervous. She was shaking, um, and and uh, one of the first things out of her mouth was, "I I still I still struggle." She she said, "I'm overcoming. I'm still struggling some with anxiety, and this is very difficult for me." But uh, she was brave enough to stand up there and overcome that anxiety and that fear by the power of the Holy Spirit and share how she was in darkness, how she came out of darkness, and how God is currently working in her life. And while she was sharing, do you know what was happening in me? She was sharing her testimony. And I was going, wow, God, you are working. Wow, God, you are moving. And I was being encouraged in my faith because she was sharing her testimony. And and God was giving me a now rhema word for my life to build me up. And faith started stirring inside of me to believe God for more. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it is imperative. It is very important that you as a believer lean your ear in to hear from God. You've got to hear from God. If you don't hear from God, then you're just going to go with with whatever whim is in your life. You're just going to be led by your feelings. You're going to be led by your own desires. And, you know, desires in and of themselves are not wrong, but they are terrible leaders. If you are simply led by desire, you're going to go the wrong path because some of your desires are wonderful. They're God desires. Some of your desires are not God desires. And if you're not hearing God, you're just going to be led by your own thinking and your own flesh. And God wants you not to be led by those things. He wants you to be led By the Spirit. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, My sheep know me. They listen to my voice. Another voice they will not follow. And so he leads us in, and he leads us out, and he leads us here, and he leads us there. And we, as his sheep, follow after him. Hallelujah. He's the good shepherd. And I... I, I want to to just declare to you that when God leads you, you can trust that where he is taking you is good. It is good. Faith. Faith is saying yes to the leadership of God's voice in your life. What is he speaking to you? And part of discipleship Is learning to hear what God is saying. Thank you, Lord. How does God speak? Let's go to Job chapter 33. Job chapter 33. How does God speak? We're going to get to the Christmas story in just a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. The story of Job is difficult. God sifted Job and he used the enemy to do it. The story is pretty incredible. The friends of Job give him wrong counsel. And so, As you're reading through the book of Job, there's a mixture of truth and misapplication of truth, and it's not an easy book to really define, but through the whole conversation, there's a young man, and the young man's name is Elihu, and Elihu, because he's younger than than the ones that are there, he keeps silent but the Holy Spirit is burning in him. In fact, if you read the end of Job, Job's three friends were rebuked by God, but Elihu was not rebuked by God because what Elihu had to say was from the Holy Spirit. And so in chapter 33, Elihu begins to speak, and he uncovers something about how God can speak to a person. And he says this in verse 14. He says, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not always perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions in order to turn man from his deeds and conceal pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life, From perishing by the sword. How does God speak? And Elihu refers to one area, but, but he makes this statement. God speaks one way, and then God speaks another. There are a myriad of ways that God can make his will known to you. But his sheep know his voice. Praise the Lord. God can speak through a child. God can speak through a family member. God can speak to you through somebody that does not even know they're being used by God to speak to you. God can speak to you through his word. In fact, I believe that all the other ways he speaks to us is predicated on having the word of God in your heart. The word of God is the foundation. And nothing that God speaks to you will ever contradict the word of God. Amen? He can speak to you uh, through angels. He can speak to you in a dream. He can speak to you situationally. You can have an impression that you know is from the Lord. It wasn't a, a, word, a verbiage thing where every word that, that uh, is in your heart, word for word, was from the Lord. But, but uh, you know that impression and that direction that he just presses on you is his Holy Spirit. And as you grow with God, you learn the difference between the desires of me and the voice of God. And you begin to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. I want to look at three examples in the Christmas story. And so if if you would go with me to Matthew chapter 1 right now. And we're going to look at the first example of the Christmas story of God speaking to an individual. And one of my heroes in the Christmas story is the person of Joseph. And um, so um, Matthew talks about Joseph and Luke talks about Mary. We're going to get to to Luke in just just a moment. But Joseph is a quiet hero. We only know of Joseph... In the early years of Jesus' life, sometime between his birth and the ministry of Jesus, Joseph passed away. And so we don't know the situations surrounding Joseph. But we know that Joseph was entrusted with raising Jesus. How many of you parents would like that task? Um, That would be a difficult task, wouldn't it? Um, Having a perfect son. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Uh, backwards it would seem. And so God handpicked Joseph for this job of entrusting Jesus to him. He was a righteous man. Now I'd like us to read starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while, uh, and, and so here we see he is a just man, um, and finds out that that Mary was pregnant, and. So, and we're going to go to Mary's story in just a moment, but put yourself in Joseph's shoes. His betrothed wife, which was a little bit different back in those days, it was an arranged marriage. And so Joseph knew that he was going to marry her for a long time. And they're in a friendship and they're courting and uh, they're, they're in a controlled courting kind of a situation. And one day, Mary comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph is swallowing and digesting this news. And he's a just man, but he's thinking. And he's not dumb. He knows that when somebody's pregnant, he knows why they're pregnant. And yet he wants to treat her, he wants to treat her right, and she's got this story. An angel came to me and said, I'm I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, you've got to believe me. And this has never happened in all of history in all of humanity. And he's wrestling with what to do. The Old Testament law says that Mary should be stoned. But he loves her. And Joseph is in the midst of a wrestling match. One thing that Joseph knows is he knows God. He's handpicked by God because he knows the voice of God. And so here he is, he's come to the conclusion I don't wanna subject her to humiliation or the worst, stoning. And so I'm gonna separate, I'm gonna separate this engagement. I'm gonna do it secretly and I'm gonna do it quietly so that society does not mistreat her. And so that's the conclusion. That Joseph has come to. And while he's in this wrestling state, in verse 20 it says, While he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, for your, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, Yeshua, the Hebrew name Joshua, the Lord saves. Hallelujah. For he will save his people from their sins. Wow. And so Joseph receives this dream and he wakes up knowing what Mary told me. It's The truth. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And we've been chosen by God to raise the Messiah. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And then Joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took, him, uh, took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is one way in which God speaks. This is one way in which God moves through a dream. And so, this seems to be the way that God speaks to Joseph. I have not had a dream for a long time. It's preparing for this message. And last night, God gave me a vivid, vivid dream. And I don't know what it has to do with this message, but God began to speak to me. I was in a service very much like this one. My pastor was there, uh, Paul Martin, the the man that first discipled me as I was growing up, and uh, and and he was in the service, and and I was receiving the offering, and there were a few people uh, that that uh, there were a few faces I recognized uh, from this body, and there were a few faces that were there. That used to be a part of this body. Sister Sablotney was there. Uh, Derek was there from from the college. Different ones were in the dream. And all I was doing was receiving the offering. And uh which which by the way we have not done yet, have we? Uh, we need to receive the offering. And all I was doing was receiving the offering. And before I could finish sharing the scripture that I was sharing, and I and I can't remember even what scripture I was sharing, but as I was sharing it, before I even asked the ushers to come forward, uh, different ones uh, had their gift in their hand, and they slipped out of their seats, some into the aisle and some down to the front, and they began to weep under the presence of the Lord as they were giving their offering to the Lord, and the glory of God filled the sanctuary, and, and, I, and I just came under the presence of God, and I was worshiping, and I was praising, and that's how I woke up, and the presence of God was in my room. And I don't know what all of that means. I just know it encouraged my heart. And God was showing me something about what he wants to do. Praise God. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through dreams. My my dream thus far is not directional. I didn't come away saying, oh, I've got to do this or I've got to make that decision. But it was an encouragement from God to, to help me keep marching forward. Praise the Lord. We need that, don't we? And so Joseph received a dream. And so now he, you know, he had been praying about these things. He had been pondering these things. He had been thinking about them. Uh, How could it be that Mary's message is true? Yet I know she's honest. What is this that's happening? She's got a radiance about her that she didn't have before, but I, I don't understand all of this. And he's seeking God. And in the midst of it, God speaks to him in a dream, and you know what rose up inside of Joseph? What rose up inside of Joseph as he heard God speak to him was this thing called faith. Oh, praise God. Faith will help you do things that are difficult. It was difficult for him, being a righteous man, to take unto himself a wife that was pregnant in that culture, and God gave him faith. Because he heard the word of the Lord. He knew, it does not matter any longer what my family thinks. I am going to obey the word of the Lord. It does not matter any longer what my friends think or what society thinks. I am going to obey the word of the Lord. Why? Because faith rose up inside of him. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. There came a time after Jesus was born. It's still part of the Christmas story. When we, we talk about the Magi coming and, and uh, all of the different characters. And they came when Jesus was about two years old. And they had come and gone. And Joseph is raising Jesus. And in verse 13 of chapter 2, it said, When they have departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Where have we seen this before? God spoke to Joseph in dreams, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed for Egypt. And he was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Joseph, obeying the word of the Lord, did not know it, but he was helping to fulfill prophecy. There's a lot of things here we discussed at breakfast tables. There's a lot of things in here that Joseph could have said. For the first thing he could have, he could have woke up and said, "Wow, that was that that was some bad pizza." That's what Linda said in breakfast tables. That was some bad pizza. We we don't know how Italian uh, the Israelites were. They did have a prophet named Malachi. So. Um, They might have been a little bit Italian, so it might have been pizza, probably a falafel or something, a bad falafel. Um, But he could have woke up saying, is that God speaking to me? And then what God said to take the child to Egypt Do you know what Egypt represented to the Israelites? Egypt represented a worse bondage than Rome. Rome was over them, but Egypt represented something worse. In fact... The law, we, we read it on Wednesday night in Deuteronomy 17, said that kings should never encourage their, their people, the kings of Israel should never encourage their people to go back to Egypt. Because Egypt represents bondage and darkness and the way that you used to live. And Joseph could have woke up from this saying, that can't, can't be God. He, 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 told us, he told me to take the child to Egypt. This doesn't make th- sense. This doesn't make sense to me. This does not make sense. And because it doesn't make sense, I'm just going to keep praying about it. I need two more confirmations. Confirmations. Because we all know that when God speaks something, he confirms it three times. Have you ever heard anybody teach that? That's not always the case. There are times where we have the luxury to wait upon the Lord if there's some confusion. But this dream was a now kind of dream, and something rose up inside of Joseph called faith. And when faith rose up at the word of the Lord, he 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 uh, he woke up from his dream. He knew it was God. He shook uh, he shook Mary. They uh, bundled up Jesus. They got a few of their things, and out the door they went in the middle of the night. Wow. You wonder why God entrusted Jesus to Joseph because he was a man that would do what God told him to do, even if it didn't make sense. Faith. There was another man in Luke chapter 1, you can turn there with me, that got a similar announcement, not in a dream, A direct visit from an angel. Don't you love the Christmas story? This is is not just a story. It is a story, but it is actual history. This is real, his story. There was another man that got an angelic visit, and his name was Zacharias, And so in verse 8, it says Zacharias was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, and his lot fell to burn incense. Verse 10, the whole multitude was praying outside at the hour of incense. He was inside burning the incense by himself. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now imagine this. Zechariah, to our knowledge, has never seen an angel. And now, standing there as he's burning incense and fulfilling his duty as a priest, an angel of the Lord appears to him. Now, that would be awesome. I've had testimonies of people in our worship gatherings see angels. Recently, we had a testimony of somebody hearing angels while we were worshiping it's awesome I'm wide open to it but to this day I have not seen an angel that I know of sometimes we see angels in the form of people and we don't know that they're angels and so maybe but to my knowledge I've never seen an angel and to our knowledge Zacharias had never seen an angel and there, as he's burning incense, the angel of the Lord is standing there. Wow. It had to be an awesome moment. Awesome moment. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. This often happens when God or an angel uh, appears two people. They, they tremble inside. Some of them fall on their faces. Some of them get down on their knees and worship. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now that's the word of the Lord to Zacharias, and it's a good word. Amen? How many of you say that this is a good word? This is a good word, although my wife at this point in our lives would not think that this was a good word if I got it. I'm just saying. Then he goes on, and you will have joy and gladness. God's wanting Zacharias to be filled with joy because his life is about to change. His wife is going to bear a son. And many will rejoice at his birth, and others are going to enter into this rejoicing with you. Verse 15. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And, he, and, and so he's, he's going to be an awesome man of God. And here's, how, here's what you're supposed to do as you raise him. He shall neither drink wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That was part of the Nazarite vow of separating somebody to the Lord in Numbers chapter 6. And he's going to be full of the Holy Spirit even inside his mother's womb. These are incredible promises. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, which is something Zacharias wanted. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, Zacharias, as a priest, would know this was one of the last prophecies of the book of Malachi. It was one of the last prophecies ever given, and there hasn't been another one for 300 years. For 300 years, we've been waiting for the Messiah, and this word that this angel is giving me right now is testifying that the Messiah is on his way, and my son is going to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. This is an awesome, awesome Word from God. Woo! But Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? He's saying, I need another sign. I'm old, my wife is old. How am I going to know this? And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, Zacharias, there's an angel in front of you. This message is not coming from your buddy. This message is not coming from your friend down the street. This is the angel of the Lord. What is wrong with you? You need another sign. And this is what doubt does. When doubt creeps into your life, and you know that God is speaking to you, it makes you say, I'm just not sure. I need another sign. That was not the right thing to say. The angel looked at Zacharias. If angels could get offended, I don't think they can. This would have been that moment. And he looked at him and said, I am Gabriel who stands. In the presence of God. And God sent me to speak to you. These glad tidings. It's almost as if he said, how dare you? And now you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. And Zacharias came out. He had been in there a long time. The people were wondering what in the world is happening. And he came out unable to speak. And for months and months and months, until he wrote down on a tablet, After his prophesied son was born, his name is John. His repentance was complete. His lack of belief had been obliterated. And and when he wrote that on the tablet, he busted forth in speech. And the people stood amazed. And he began to prophesy over his son, John, John. That was born, and he began uh, this this uh, uh, this stuff that had been welling up within him for maybe up to a year uh, had been welling up inside of him came forth as he prophesied over his son. Hallelujah! And so, with Zacharias, the final thing I want to say today is: if you have been like me, and you've ever had doubt about anything that God has spoken to you. There is a gentle God that will bring you all the way through to the place of believing. Remember when Jesus came out of the tomb and he he showed his, his hands? He said, Be believing, not unbelieving. To Thomas, Thomas, you've had doubts. Be believing. Be believing. And I think that the response that God is looking for is somebody that by faith will believe Him. And finally, this morning, we go to Mary herself. Mary the Virgin, hand-picked by God. young teenage girl. We don't know how old she was specifically. Some people think as young as 14. Young. And having come in, so the angel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, highly favored one. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 28. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. <laughs> this is a word from God for, for Mary. God is speaking to Mary through Gabriel, the angel. And verse 34, Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Now, her question so, questions are not the problem. Her question was, was not from doubt that what the angel said was true, but from, from a curiosity how is this going to come about? I know how, how uh, children are created, and that hasn't happened in my life. How is this going to happen? And uh, so the angel answered Mary and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and, and is now in the sixth month for her, for her who was called barren, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, it's one thing for your pastor to stand up before you and and to tell you, you got to believe God. Nothing is impossible for God. It's one thing for your friend to tell you, hey, come on in your situation, keep believing God because nothing's impossible. It's entirely different for Gabriel to stand in front of you and say, this is going to happen because nothing is impossible for God. And as God is speaking to Mary through the angel Gabriel, Something is happening. What manner of greeting is this? Whoa, this me, you chose me. You mean, you mean all of my purity was not for nothing? My parents named me Mary. That means bitter. My, our lives are hard, our lives are rough, but. You see me, and all of this is going through her mind. You mean I'm going to bear the future king, the one, the Messiah, the one that is going to bring, going to set Israel free and set up a kingdom on the earth, the son of David, and something as she's listening is stirring inside of her, and it's called faith, because faith it, it, it responds to the word of the Lord, and Mary looks at the angel and says, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. (laughs) And the angel departed from her. Very shortly after that, she had an encounter with God that I wish was written in the Word. I believe it was so private and and wonderful that she probably rarely spoke of it. But the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and planted that seed, Jesus, inside of her womb. Perhaps the second greatest miracle that ever took place on planet Earth happened because a young girl responded with faith to the word of the Lord. This is the Christmas story. It's a story of faith. Thirty-three years later, she stood at the foot of the cross It's the fulfillment of this prophecy is coming into full fruition. Mary was there as so Jesus gave her to John, the Beloved. And then the greatest miracle of all time took place three days later when he came out of the tomb. And this woman of faith that said yes to all that God has for me was there. We know from Acts chapter 1 that she was in the upper room. When the Holy Spirit came and settled and tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them, this woman of faith that knew God's voice and said yes. This Christmas, this season, is a season of renewed faith. For some of you, this season has represented loss. Because all you can think about is all the people you've lost that used to make Christmas great. This season, God is not going to define things by any of that. And yes, we love tradition and celebration, and we're going to engage in some of that. But I believe that this Christmas, God is going to impart his promise to you, afresh and anew. And he's going to speak to you. Some of you have questions that God is going to answer. He's going to give you, he's going to give you the wisdom that you need. He's going to give you a word from heaven. And when he gives you that word, then you have the decision to make. Am I going to respond like Zacharias? Or am I going to respond like Joseph? Am I going to respond like Mary? Am I going to respond with faith? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for a moment here this morning. God, if there's somebody here that you've been speaking to about anything, really, and they've been responding with doubt, God, I thank you that when I've been there in that place, you have not cast me aside. You didn't cast Zechariah aside. He had, he had lessons to learn for sure, but you did not cast him aside. He became a mighty prophet. So, Lord, I, I just ask that they would have the assurance that you are walking with them, and we just repent right now. We just repent for the doubt that we often carry. God, I ask in Jesus' name that when we hear your voice like sheep, like the sheep of John chapter 10, that we would follow your voice. Another we will not follow. I'm thinking of Joseph, that, that he, was, he was sensitive to your spirit, that, that when you spoke to him in a dream, he immediately got up and, and followed through. And I believe you handpicked Joseph because he's somebody that would walk in obedience to your command. God, we want to be obedient people. We sang that song, Lord, at the end of our worship time. Let me be a sweet sound in your ear. Let me be one that follows hard after you and does the things that you call us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Cause me to know your voice. Cause me to hear what you say. Cause me to follow you. Cause me to trust you and obey. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. If you're here this morning and you're seeking God and you're needing to hear God's voice, I just want you to lift up your hand right where you are. And we're going to pray over you for a decision that you're making, maybe for direction that you need in your life. You're not wanting to follow your own whims or fancies. You are wanting to follow God. Come on, lift up your hand right now, and we're going to pray for you. Thank you. Anybody else, just lift up your hand, quite a few of you right now. Lord, these that are seeking you for a very specific thing, I ask, Lord, however the answer comes, God, I pray that you will speak your word. I pray, God, whether it's through the voice of a prophet, whether it's through the voice of a child, whether, God, it's through a situation, uh, just a knowing inside. God, when they hear your voice, they will know that they will know that they will know, this is God, this is the direction I'm supposed to walk. I'm going to walk in it. That's what Isaiah prophesied. You will hear a voice uh, saying, this is the way, walk in in it. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give them clarity as they are seeking your face directionally. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. If you'd like specific prayer, uh, I'm going to just wait down here in the front. Um, they're going to play some music, and, and you're going to start to greet one another. But if you would like specific prayer, please come up here and pray. Linda. Oh, offering today. Dan is going to stand at the back to, to, this morning with the offering plate, and Brian. And uh, we'll we'll uh, receive the offering that way, or you can always put it in that white box that's back there on the table. Um, may the Lord bless you. tonight... Uh, we're going to have an amazing, amazing time. I'm the Seer for the bingo night. Bring a friend. And um, I've, we've got some special twists and surprises for tonight. And uh, you will not want to miss tonight. It is going to be phenomenal. Bring a finger food. Uh, bring a white elephant gift. And, um, and, uh, it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be uh, preparing. I'm going to be making special things all afternoon that are going to go into the white elephant gift. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what that is ahead of time. Um, and uh, so I hope that that uh, you will come back at, at 6 o'clock and have a great time with the family of believers. If you need prayer, uh, meet me down here at the front. God bless each one of you. Amen.